welcome to the Accord Research Alliance podcast, where we talk with innovators who are committed to measuring what matters in Christ-centered belief and development. My name is Rodney Green, Monitoring and Evaluation Specialist at Compassion International and one of the hosts of this podcast. Next week, we're going to be together at the Accord Research Alliance Intensive, which is a one-day workshop at Northcrest, North Carolina. We have over 50 people signed up, and we are excited to dive into our topic for this year, things that are difficult to measure. If you'd like to sign up, there's still time. Just visit accordnetwork.org. Today, I'm sharing with you a presentation from last year's intensive by Dr. Steve Offit, Associate Professor of Development Studies at Asbury Theological Seminary. Steve is sharing about the research that he and Dr. Amy Reynolds had conducted on Christian ideas of development, understanding the current theories, networks, and priorities of Accord organizations. Steve and Amy have also developed a journal article on this topic, which is available on the Christian Relief Development Advocacy Journal, first edition. You can Google the name of the journal and find a free and downloadable copy of the article and other helpful articles as well around the topic of Christ-centered solutions to poverty and human flourishing. I hope you enjoy the presentation. So uh, this, this report that's being handed out uh, came about because uh, we wanted to know a little bit more about who Accord was and what their research needs were. Um, and so uh, we decided we should do some research on that. Um, and so that's what we did. Uh, and um, uh, so I did this. Uh, I, I worked with my wife and also some of my grad students at Asbury, one of which is here, Lauren, uh, did some of the interviews. Uh, some of the people in this room, I think, might have been interviewed by Lauren. Um, and so uh, we thank you for all of you who participated. Um, I have until 3. 3.40, OK. Um, so I'll just kind of uh, give you, I'm going to give you high points. You guys can go through this yourself. Um, but uh, basically, what we did was we first did a survey uh, to find out some basic information. And we did some homework uh, to know what to put on that survey uh, with uh, some court uh, leaders and also some social scientists. Then we followed that up with people who, um, uh, who are willing to talk to us in in-depth interviews. Uh, so the statistics that uh, we have are basically uh, sort of descriptive. Uh, the N is still pretty low. Um, so we just mostly stuck to descriptive um, analysis uh, with, our, with our survey numbers. Um, so, so we broke the report into four basic sections. And um, so uh, first, we talked about how are we thinking about faith integration as Accord members. Uh, then we talked about uh, how we do collaboration. Uh, then we talked specifically about research and evaluation, what a lot of this has been about. Um, and, then, uh, and then we talked about organizational values for Accord members. So I'm going to touch up just on a, some of the high points of some of these findings that we've gotten uh, as we've looked at this. Uh, first of all, in faith integration, uh, Bryant Myers and Walking with the Poor is still king here. Um, so, uh, so if you were to say that um, Walking with the Poor was the Bible for Accord, then you might say that what helping hurts is like the purpose-driven life for Accord. <laughs> um, so, uh, so the vast majority of people have read these two books. If you ask someone to uh, tell you which books are most influential, 
they're going, 68% said uh, a combination of walking with the poor and helping with the hurts. And if we did any combination of any other two books that were mentioned, we didn't get higher than I think it was 18%, right? So it's just an indication of how dominant this paradigm is, right? Um, so, uh, so it's been really important. Uh, one of the things that we, we wanted to know about when we asked, especially in the qualitative interviews, is how are we feeling about conversion and evangelism? Uh, and in the transformation paradigm that Brian Myers uh, provides for us, he clearly says that that's okay, right? That is part of the transformation paradigm. Uh, and this is a debate that continues on uh, in, in our conversations. There is no one that we talked to, no one in our survey, no one in our interviews that suggested that it, wasn't, it was anathema to what they stood for. Um, but there were people who consciously said, hey, we've, we've made a decision not to do that in our program. Um, and so, uh, so that's still an ongoing debate. It's been a debate just, you know, since the 19th century. Uh, so it's, it's natural that we still talk about it, right? Um, and then uh, there was another finding here. We, uh, I was curious specifically about how we think about these, this, we, as a holistic mission uh, group of people, we sort of keep saying, well, we want to have spiritual advances and material advances. But there's a whole stream of literature out there that says uh, if material poverty uh, decreases, then you're going to get less religious people. And, uh, and, and there's buy-in to that on a macro level, certainly, among people uh, that work for core organizations. So isn't there something there that we need to work through? Uh, and I think there is. Uh, and, I, and, and we see the tension uh, in, the, in the answers that we've had to that series of questions. Um, and so uh, we went through that. Uh, and I'd be happy to talk about that more uh, if, that's the, if that's the most interesting thing here. Five types of, we talk about collaboration, right? Church collaboration is the way to go for coordinate member organizations. It's in the transformation paradigm. It's how we think about doing development. And pretty much everybody either does it or says we should do it. Uh, and so, but, but how we do it, there's a great deal of variation, tremendous variation, right? And so here are the five sort of ideal types uh, that we saw in our study. Right? Some people say that actually we're, we're more or less a funding organization for churches who want to do development. And we also do some capacity building, but mostly we, we follow the church's lead. Right? Uh, a, 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 a larger number of people that we talked to said we partner with the church uh, and we are both implementers in the project. And there's a, there's, in terms of like, power dynamics, all those kinds of things. There's all kinds of different ways to sort of structure that. But once you sort of decide you're in that category, this is more or less who you are. Um, and then there's people who are, who are saying, we partner with the community, and we, we make sure that the church is part of that. Right? But really, the primary implementing partner is the community. Uh, and then, there, then there's people who sort of say, look, we need to sort of deal with bigger scale. Then we're going to partner with denominations, or we're actually going to make our own church networks. We're going to partner with church networks, and it's not so much about the individual congregation anymore. Uh, and finally, for those of us who are working in places that are either pluralistic or who don't have any Christians at all, uh, we are sometimes substituting the church for a corresponding organization of another religion. 
that we're doing community development with that entity. Those are the five, uh, and so we can we can talk about those as well uh, if you'd like. Um, so here are some other things that uh, we partner with. It's not just about the church, and I should say this: one of the interesting things that I found is, as we as we looked at all the data that we had was that evangelicals, uh, by and large, have an embattled position within society. That is, they perceive themselves to be uh, put upon by the main, other main sectors of society. And I did not see a hint of that in any of the interviews that I did with the core member organizations. For whatever reason, evangelicals in this sector believe that other people want to partner with them and that they should partner with other people. And there's not this feeling of embattlement by evangelical NGOs, even though there is that among the evangelical population in America. Um, and so uh, we're, doing, uh, we're doing a lot of different partnerships with these kinds of organizations. Uh, we partner mostly with other Christians. We also partner with uh, secular organizations. And then sometimes we also partner with people of other faiths. Um, so uh, in this category of monitoring evaluation, it costs money to do m and &E. And it is increasingly costing more money to do m and &E. uh, And so if you're a big organization, you're spending an increasing share of your budget on m and &E. uh, That's not true for the little organizations. And so I think what we're seeing within Accord is that we're seeing the, sort of the, the elites. We, we had some elite m and &E people up here uh, doing case study for us. Um, uh, they don't represent all of Accord. Uh, and and, and it's, going, it's going a little bit like this. So they're getting better and better, and they're really good at what they do, but a lot of or, or, accord organizations aren't doing very much uh, with respect to the charity. Um, uh, spiritual metrics, uh, we, I think we've touched on enough that they're hard to do, but important. Um, and we do a lot of uh, partnering with academic institutions. Uh, that looks different in different places. We don't think too much about the sort of national level where we go. Uh, we might read the newspaper and look at the news, uh, but we're not doing country level analysis in great, great number. Um, we're just kind of staying at the community level. Uh, so uh, we also, we're pretty uneven with respect to whether or not we're doing baseline studies. Uh, and we also don't do much in the way of long term follow-up analysis. Uh, so if we're, we, we, stop our, our st we stop our project, we might go back six months later, um, but sort of these maybe five years later, what did we accomplish? 10 years later, what did we accomplish? Um, we're not investing resources in finding those kind of things out. Um, so uh, for this set of organizational priorities, we are all about empowering leaders. We are absolutely all in on empowering local leaders. Um, we're not really tuned into more diversity, gender inequality, or racial inequality. Uh, and so our leadership and board leadership uh, reflect that. Um, it's not that we're against it. It doesn't sort of measure real high on the not important at all. It sort of ends up into somewhat, somewhat important. Um, but uh, but uh, evangelical organizations tend to be less diverse in their administration, their board, than um, similar organizations in other sectors. Uh, and finally, 
if we think about what we can do in the future, I would encourage, especially people from colleges and universities in the room, to realize that uh, we don't know all there is to know about Christian development theory. Uh, we, we don't have the silver bullet. Uh, there's huge, huge gaps in our understandings of how this should work and how it does work. Um, I think that uh, we are very pragmatic in our church partnerships. Uh, and I think that our practice of church partnerships has run ahead of our theology and theory about church partnerships. Um, and so I think that there could be some ongoing discussions about what that could and should look like biblically, theologically, missiologically. Um, uh, it turns out that if you ask people if they would use shared databases on, on, on a few key things, they say yes, they would love that. Um, so shared databases um, for people in the field uh, would be a good idea. Um, and then, uh, so the authors of this report care a lot about advocacy. Uh, so we are, we're asking advocacy, advocacy questions. And the other interesting thing was that although that is the um, program component that is done least by a core number of organizations, uh, if we were, if what we asked if uh, you would be interested in joining the consortium for advocacy, and while there were concerns about stretching personnel or other resources or making sure it was the right issue, 100% of the people that we asked if they would join an, a consortium for advocacy if it was the right invite for the right topic said, oh yeah, we would do that. Um, so I think there's really a lot of space for people who think, oh, we care about this issue, we think other Christians should care about this issue, to get organized and, and work together in consortium. Uh, we see tremendous opportunity for that. So. I, Think I'm under time. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Steve, so much for presenting that and for all the work that you and your team have done over the past couple years to do this. I think this is invaluable to have. And this all came about because Rodney and I asked Steve two years ago, you know, hey, we really want to engage with universities. What can universities do to be supporting um, practitioners in the Accord Research Alliance and Accord Network more broadly, and he said, I don't know, let me ask them, <laughs> which is a great response. So that's what he's been working on, and it's amazing to see these results, and so I think now the task really is what do we do with this, right? What can we, how can we leverage the information here to